Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, Wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. There's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. This beautiful quote by writer Jill Churchill captures the spirit of a new book that Megan and I have absolutely fallen in love with. Creatrix, wisdom, insights, and principles shared by the mothers of success stories in sports, business, and culture is a collection of stories shared by the mothers of world-renowned CEOs, entertainers, professional athletes, and others who have come from a diverse range of countries, cultures, and creeds. At their core, the stories in Creatrix explore the age-old question, nature or nurture? And while we already know that it's the interplay of both, insights from these stories reveal the profound role that motherhood plays in how nature and nurture come together. This book is a must-read for all moms. It's a full-on celebration of how mothers from all over the world and all walks of life can parent differently, yet still manage to tap into patterns of instinctual advice that nurtured the best in all of us. Reading it is empowering and heartwarming, reassuring and inspirational. Plus, a portion of the book's proceeds are being donated to three organizations that support families. Good Plus Foundation, Believe and Achieve Foundation, and So Good Now. We can truly think of no better Mother's Day gift for all the moms in your life, including you. Learn more about these organizations and order your copy of Creatrix by visiting didn'tdigestfeedyou.com or shop for the book directly on Amazon. You 
should try to find one muffin recipe that you really like the crumb of, i.e. the texture. And instead of like trying a bunch of different muffin recipes after that, figure out how to adapt it. And in most cases, like there's not a lot that you have to do to change it. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Hey, before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening. And if you find yourself with an extra minute or two, leave us a rating and a review too. Those ratings help other busy parents and home cooks discover us. Plus, we really love them. Today, we're going to go meet the Muffin Man. (laughs) It sounded creepy. (laughs) I didn't mean for it to sound creepy. I know. I'm um, sort of astonished that we haven't already done a muffin episode because I feel like muffins are one of those really great quick breads that can be for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and is a way like you can use up stuff in your fridge. You can sneak some vegetables in if that's your thing, if that's what you want to do. They're great for stocking the freezer. They're awesome for gift giving. How do you feel about muffins, Stacey Billis? I totally agree with you. I think muffins are really great. I I will admit that I make them less now that my boys are older. But when they were young, I used to make them all the time for all the reasons that you just mentioned. You can make them in one bowl, and I hope we really talk about that. You can go technical and talk about why maybe two is better and this and that. But the bottom line is that you can definitely make a great muffin in a single bowl very quickly, flavored all different ways, love freezing them, and love how they defrost so easily and beautifully. So it definitely used to be a go-to for us. Yes. You know what I think is a little bit funny is that you have a basic muffin recipe and make it easy, right? I do. Well, I didn't do a muffin mix because I do think that there's some like adjustments and I didn't, I don't know. I didn't want to get into that. Yeah. But I, on One Hungry Mama, lo those many years ago, I had a muffin mix that I use as the basis for pretty much every muffin recipe I've ever developed. Yes. And many moons ago, I developed a whole muffin package for kitchen.com, which has one basic recipe that you make slight adjustments to for whatever you're going to add to it. So I think there's something funny that like probably around the same time in parallel cities, we were working on (laughs) muffins together. And I think that that also really speaks to the versatility of muffins. Like you should try to find one muffin recipe that you really like the crumb of, i.e. the texture, how it bakes up, how it rises in the oven. And instead of like trying a bunch of different muffin recipes after that, figure out how to adapt it. And in most cases, like there's not a lot that you have to do to change it. It's We can talk about the engine of the muffin method a little bit and where you might want to make some changes. But in general, like master one muffin recipe and then just adapt the out of it. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that the only place you're going to get where it's really tricky, but you correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, is if you start to add a lot of other wet ingredients, like tons of fresh pineapple or something like that, you know, where you're going to get adjustments in the texture, you know, and you have to you have to measure for that. 
Yeah, or if you want, I think mostly, again, of the liquids, like you're saying, like if you don't have buttermilk, but you want to swap in yogurt or sour cream for some of the liquid, then you do have to look at the dry ingredients, i.e. the baking powder and baking soda and see, like make minor adjustments there. So there isn't like a lot that you have to do. Once you have a basic muffin recipe that you love, it's really easy to know when you have to make adjustments and when you can just like throw the in there and mix it up and bake it up. So, Megan, very quickly, because I'm kind of curious, we were in parallel universes developing muffin recipes. Can we each go through our basic muffin recipe? And if you're cool with that, I'm going to start because I have a feeling mine is way simpler. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You're more the baker. Saying about me, I'm I'm saying you're the baker, and you probably have some minimalist. I would never make a complicated (laughs) recipe. I don't mean complicated, but like the fact that you even mentioned sour cream, which is a great addition. Like not in my recipe, like no buttermilk. (laughs) So I'll just tell you that it's just basically flour, sugar, baking powder, salt, one egg, one cup of milk, and some melted and slightly cooled butter. That's it. So for about a dozen muffins, I use two cups flour, half cup sugar, which I think comes out not too sweet, which is how I like it because I feel like I can adjust up if I want something that feels really like desserty or more sweet and adjust just slightly down if I want to make like ham and cheese muffins, for example. Then a tablespoon of baking powder, some salt, about three quarter teaspoons, one beaten egg, one cup of milk, quarter cup of butter that's been melted and cooled. Like that's it. And then from there, you add chocolate chips or you add a cup of fresh blueberries or what have you. Or a streusel topping, Ooh, which is like love. my favorite. So I will say we're like really close here. My basic muffin has two and a half cups of flour to a half cup of sugar, which is optional and adjustable. There's baking powder. There's salt. I use a little bit more liquid. I like to use one and a quarter cups of milk. And then in a very basic muffin, I like to use vegetable oil and not butter because I think it helps them stay softer after baking, you know, because butter sort of solidifies. But again, it's just a half cup and then also one large egg optional vanilla extract if you're going the sweet route and then you can add like one to one and a half cups of mix-ins and also I think we have to at some point talk about toppings because that's one of the other really fun things that you can do with muffins to change them up like you can take an applesauce muffin or an apple muffin and put cheddar cheese on it and then it's an apple cheddar muffin and you're like basically a bakery at home yeah (laughs) (laughs) but ingredient ingredients aside there is this thing It's called the muffin method. They teach it in baking and pastry school. And this is where we will get into like the technicalities of, is it a one bowl recipe? Is it a two bowl recipe? Which is to say, I don't disagree with you. I don't think that you have to make it a two bowl recipe, but I also still always dirty 
a liquid measuring cup. So I feel like it's unfair to be like, it's only one bowl. Um, but the basic idea of the muffin method is that you mix all of the dry ingredients together. So that is the flour, sugar, the baking powder, or baking soda, and the salt. And then separately, you mix the wet ingredients. And here's where I will use like just a large measuring cup because I had measured the milk and oil in there and then add the egg and, and beat it all together. And then you add the wet ingredients to the dry by making like a little well in the dry ingredients and pouring that wet mixture in and folding it all together which fold is such a funny thing Stacey have you ever watched Schitt's Creek yes fold what does fold mean (laughs) they have the whole epic thing where they're like trying to make mac and cheese is that what it is and like I think it is yes they're reading the directions they're like what do you mean fold in the cheese obviously just fold in the cheese Uh, Don't overthink folding. Essentially, you're taking your spatula and instead of like mixing it around sort of like in a swirling motion, you're taking the flat part of the spatula and running it under all of the ingredients in the bowl and scooping the ingredients back up over themselves. And you can also turn the bowl while you're doing it. But if you just stir the together, it's also going to be fine, especially with muffins. They're so forgiving. You do want to like you do want to avoid over mixing because that can make your muffins tough. But I think that like a few lumps are okay. And I also think that if you feel like you over mixed your batter a little bit, if you just set it aside, like cover it and let it rest for 10 minutes, then it will be less tough after baking too. And now, isn't the muffin method really the method for all quick breads? I mean, you're talking about, like, mix the dry, mix the wet, add the wet to the dry. Yeah, it's funny thing that, like, we call it the muffin method because you use it for, like, universally for yes. other quick breads. Like, even b- most banana breads, mm-hmm. a lot of biscuits and scones use a variation on a muffin method. Essentially, like, you're adding the fat into the dry ingredients and then adding the wet ingredients. But same thing. Cake recipes use the muffin method, which I don't know that I could ever answer, like, what the true difference between a cupcake and a muffin is. (laughs) 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 Because some cupcakes are muffins. They're just kind of dressed up. And I really – I can't believe we didn't start there because that's always the joke, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, in my mind, it really is just flavor and amount of sugar, (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, a, a little really bit. decadent, sweet blueberry muffin with a streusel topping. I mean, that's kind of a cupcake to me. <laughs> it's nutritionally, pro- and again, I'm not a nu- nutritionist or a dietitian, but like you, you have to be careful because like some muffins have as much sugar and as. A cupcake does. Absolutely. And like, would, you, would you rather have that blueberry muffin with streusel topping or would you rather just have like a chocolate cupcake with chocolate frosting? Chocolate cupcake, For chocolate me, frosting. Yeah. <laughs> See, mine is like uh, what depending on the day, right? I might pick the chocolate cupcake. I might pick the muffin just depending on how I feel. So then we should like once you've mixed it up, we should talk about baking it because I feel like for a while, everyone was really into the silicone muffin pans. Yeah. And I just have to be really honest and say I hate them. <laughs> for the I'm way sorry. they bake up or for their, like, usability? Both. Or, yeah. I, I don't like their usability. And I yeah. freaking hate cleaning them. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's not worth it. 
I am actually a big fan of buying like an inexpensive nonstick muffin pan and using paper liners. Or if you really like, if you're really trying to reduce waste and making your muffins, use the silicone liners instead. Oh, which those are even more horrible than I. Yes, why? all those ridges, and you've just soaked them, you have to scrub it in the. Di- I am with you. I have a nonstick. I have a ton of muffin pans for some reason, but I have a nonstick and I just use baking spray and no no liner at all when I'm baking for at home. Sometimes I do that, but sometimes I feel like it bites me in the butt. Like if I make a super cheesy muffin, it sticks. Like it just depends on what the mix-ins are a little bit. All right. So let's talk about mix-ins. Yes. Okay. Okay. I said apple cheddar already. When I – before I was in culinary school, I worked at this bakery. Well, it wasn't a bakery. It was a cafe. And the wife – was owned by a husband and wife. The wife was the baker. And she made these apple cheddar muffins. And you know what she used? She used the Cabot um, sharp yeah. cheddar cheese. <laughs> and I still think about those, obviously, because there was, like, a layer of cheese on top. And so it just felt almost like you were having – a sandwich, <laughs> a pastry, you know, like when you get yeah. something from the bakery and it has that like chewy cheese layer on it. So good. So that is one of my favorite flavor combinations. We also are really into at my house, um, sweet potato and Parmesan savory muffins. So in that instance, I'll take a, out the sugar in my recipe and I'll grate a raw sweet potato and add a bunch of grated Parmesan cheese into the batter, but then also put it on top. And we have those a lot as like a side to soup or they go in lunch boxes. That so that's like more savory leaning. Um, what else? What are your what are some of your favorite mixins? So I'm actually not a huge unsavory muffins. Oh, really? Say just, more. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not my thing. And I, like ham and cheese are ones that I used to make all the time because they were really fun to pack for lunch. The boys really like them, but I'm not big on savory muffins in general. So I really love. It's funny you mentioned oil instead of butter. I like butter better. I like the taste of butter better. But the one the one exception is that I developed a series of muffins using olive oil. But again, for flavor, not so much thinking about crumb. So I had an orange olive oil nutmeg muffin that I liked very much and a lemon olive oil muffin that we used to make. But, you know, Oliver's favorite was strawberry and white chocolate chips. Plain chocolate chip muffins my kids love. Made sweet cherry muffins with a coconut crumble on top. But I know we're going to talk about crumbles too. Yes. Can I just also add that Ella, especially when she was really little, strawberry with mini chocolate chips was such a favorite for her that we sent it two years in a row for class treats for her birthday. That's so funny. Yeah, the white chocolate chip. I don't know how that came about because I really don't like white chocolate at all. (laughs) But Oliver (laughs) really liked it. It's 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 actually a pretty good combination. Even I can get down with it, although I'm with Ella. I would like the mini chocolate chips. I also really like, I experimented for a while with using a little less sugar and like chopped dates to make it sweet, to make my muffin sweet. And I made a spiced pecan date muffin that was really delicious. Cardamom apple pecan oatmeal muffin that I made at one point when I was trying to come up with 
like really good grab and go breakfast ideas that were lower sugar because I could control the amount of sugar in the muffin mix. You know, so I clearly lean more towards like fruit and warm spices and then like chocolate. (laughs) But I'm glad you brought up spices because we walked through our like basic muffin recipes, but we didn't talk about the fact that like there's a lot of ways you can flavor a muffin that aren't just mix-ins, whether it's warm spices like you talking about the cardamom or cinnamon or even dried herbs like thyme, rosemary with an apple cheddar muffin is so good. And then also you can add like things like cocoa powder to your dry mix and make something that's like not quite a chocolate muffin. A chocolate muffin is a little bit more involved, but you could get it like cocoa flavored and then add like a variety of chocolate chips and make a not too chocolatey, but chocolatey muffin. Yeah. Would probably shredded also be, coconut. Yes. Shredded coconut is a great one. Nuts. And you can get like salted or unsalted and pair them with things or even like candied pecans are really delicious. Yes. And then I was also thinking of we both love the Jacobson. I know you said you're not into savory muffins and I feel like I'm trying <laughs> to convince you right now. I'm like, oh, but Stacy, have you made a muffin with the Jacobson sea salt ramen seasoning that we all love? Like you could go savory seasonings. Okay. So here's the thing that I think it is because I'm sitting here while you're talking wondering why I'm not into savory Muffins. I think that a lot of the flavors that savory muffins present to me go better with the texture of bread mm-hmm. as opposed to that soft, muffiny, cakey, cupcakey texture. There's some sort that's... of disconnect between the flavor and the texture. Not in a bad way, but in a way where I'm like, this is delicious. I wish it was bread. Like, <laughs> re- like, or I, this is delicious. I wish it was. Uh, pizza dough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or focaccia. Or I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that's really fair. That's where I go in my head, I think. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. It is. I bet you're not the only one. I bet our listeners will chime in and be like, "Uh, yeah, just give me bread if you're trying to give me something Yeah, kind of, right? Like, I want a roll. Like, give me a baguette. (laughs) But, you know, you talked about fruit talked about vegetables. Vegetables are usually associated with savory, but zucchini, squash, I don't know. Can you think of other vegetables that also go with sweet flavors? Because I'm thinking like a chocolate zucchini muffin is delicious. Yes. Actually, I feel like Kitchen has a chocolate zucchini muffin that I love. The sweet potato one we do oh, is yeah, savory. Oh, yeah, sweet potato. But yeah. you could make a sweet potato, like you were saying, add some cardamom, get some spiced nuts in there even. Pumpkin um, puree. Yes. Who can forget gourd. about pumpkin muffins? Who can forget about pumpkin muffins? <laughs> <laughs> but for real. Also, can we go like on a little side journey together? Always. I feel like when my kids were little, maybe this is the same for you. I probably still exist, but maybe I just follow fewer like baby food accounts. The thing that was really big was making like air quotes dinosaur muffins where people would like puree spinach into muffins to try and get the like nutritional value. Or monster muffins. Monster muffins. And I just have to tell you, I hate that. (laughs) Talk to us about I don't think I've ever once made a muffin with spinach, but I would like to know why you hate it. I think I've made like a pizza muffin where there was a little bit of spinach, like just chopped and sautéed like 
incorporated into the muffin. And I feel like that's the way to do it if you're trying to like get veggies in is not. It comes back to, and we talked about this like in the picky eating episodes, it comes back to me to the idea that like one, that just doesn't, that doesn't taste good to me. I don't want to eat a muffin with pureed spinach in it. <laughs> it looks gross. But also this idea that it's like we're trying like trying to sneak veggies into muffins might ruin muffins as a vehicle for you to introduce other veggies or even just like use up stuff that's in your house. And Spinach has a place in every kitchen. I'm not sure that pureed and in a muffin is it. I'm I'm here for you. I really don't have strong opinions about it anymore because I think my kids are just too old for me to care. But I will tell you this, that it traces back to St. Patrick's Day. I'm really not into like green food. <laughs> Truly green food. <laughs> Like, you're kale, so you're green, and I like that. You're muffining your green, and I don't like that so much. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. So I'm not here for it. I, you know, listen, if it works for the people listening, go for it. Because, you know, we all do what we got to do. But I agree with you that in the long run, I don't really know what you get. The thing that always kind of dumbfounded me about putting spinach in muffins is that it actually seemed like so much more work. Yeah. To be honest. And you can get, like, if your point is to get your kid to like spinach, I don't think that's going to do it. If your point is to make the muffin more nutritional, then there's something called canned sweet potato or pumpkin puree. <laughs> and it's been, it's done for you. You open the can, you dump it in. Like, it just seemed like a lot of work. Yeah. Or like use whole wheat flour. Take the sugar down a bit. Let's talk know? about this. I'm so glad you brought up whole wheat flour because the, one of my favorite muffins is a hummingbird muffin. Oh, that's one of my favorite cakes. And I use whole wheat pastry flour. And I know you can geek out on this, but I have found that for quick breads in general, but definitely for muffins, that whole wheat pastry functions a lot like white flour. And I could use it in a one-to-one. So I would use a combination. I would just like half yeah. So the flour think about, and use whole wheat pastry and then half regular white flour. So pastry flour is really cool, especially the whole wheat version, because it's kind of like cake flour, which is like very tender and very delicate. And then whole wheat flour, which is really hearty and, and is also very thirsty in that when you add it to a batter, it's going to suck up a lot of the moisture. So it's kind of like the two are combined in a way where you get the delicate nature of cake flour, but you also get like a lot of the fiber and nutritional value of the whole wheat flour. So truly, like on a chemical level, it is closer to an all-purpose flour than anything else, but it has a lot more fiber, which is awesome. Yes. So I love that. I think that's a really good swap where you don't have to worry about whole wheat flour ruining your recipe or thinking about conversions or anything like that. Yes. Oh, the other thing I love about the idea of a hummingbird muffin is that you are adding carrots, you're adding pineapple, there's usually walnuts or pecans. So you're adding like all these other things that are great for like to make the muffin more filling, but also really delicious. Really delicious. Really and actually delicious. that one I do make with canola oil. So there and you do go. Do you put cream cheese frosting on it? And then is it just a cupcake? I don't. <laughs> I don't put cream cheese frosting on it. 
<laughs> I do not, but you could absolutely. And then is it? I don't know. It's I don't have the answers. I think it's like a Venn diagram where there's like true muffins, true cupcakes, and then there are some things that are just really going to fall in the middle. And then there's a big circle around all of it. And I, that's where I am. Mm, <laughs> yum. I once made a peanut butter and quote unquote jelly muffin, which basically was a peanut butter flavored batter with blueberries Mm. to make the quote unquote jelly. It was something I did for my kids when I was young. I haven't made it in a really long time, but you know, it'd be really fun to make something like that during Concord grape season. Although Concord grapes are so much work, but I bet that would be so delicious. So when you said peanut butter and jelly muffin, what I pictured was a peanut butter batter with like chopped peanuts in it. And then you put like a spoonful of jelly in the middle. Oh, in the middle. So like baked up in the inside. I wouldn't be mad about having fruit in it, though, at all. Yeah. I mean, as I remember it, it came out great. But, you know, it's been a long time. (laughs) But that's another way like... We're talking about whole wheat pastry flour. We're talking about sweet potato or pumpkin puree. We're talking about fruits. We're talking about grated zucchini. We're talking about peanut butter or chopped nuts, and they don't have to be like candied and have that added sugar. There are so many ways that you can boost the nutrition of a muffin, and like maybe that's what we're really coming up. I wonder if the real major difference between a cupcake and a muffin is expectation. Mm. You know, so there's like if you get a muffin that has shredded carrot in it, that fits your expectation, but if someone says here's a cupcake, <laughs> shredded carrot in it, you're like, mm, "Really? Okay." Like, I mean, I'm not going to hate it, but so I just think that there's so many ways that you can make muffins more nutritional if that is your objective. Yes. And also, I think that the other unsaid expectation is like that a muffin is maybe more filling than a cupcake would be. Because in fairness, there are carrot cake cupcakes, which would be different than like a carrot and Parmesan muffin, right? But like I expect a muffin to fill me up a little bit more because it's got more add-ins. Maybe it's got stuff on top. Um, maybe it's not a whole meal, but it's at least a filling snack. But don't you think that's because we assume it's more nutritional and we're like, oh, this is going to fill me up, which again goes back to like if you're using whole wheat flour, if you are adding peanut butter, it it will versus yes. just like flour, butter, sugar, <laughs> you know, like the basics and chocolate or cocoa like yeah. that isn't going to fill you up as much. So, yes, yes, totally. I also, and then there's also the thing of size. Like cupcakes seem more petite, even though they're often baked in the same pan, and they maybe don't like give that big tall rise. But yep. especially at bakeries, muffins are huge. Oh they're gosh, like giant so muffins, like almost two servings in them. For me, so anyways. Can you talk for one second about leavening? And is it a different ratio of leavening to the rest of the ingredients for a cupcake and a muffin? Because muffins really do have that beautiful, I mean, there's muffin tops. They became their own thing for a while where people were just baking those alone and and marketing those alone because you get that big, beautiful dome that in and of itself can feel like a full snack. 
Well, the thing about cupcakes is that like a true, true cupcake is usually made with a cake batter that is a chiffon cake. So it has a lot of fat, has a lot of sugar, and sometimes it has just egg whites and not egg and yolk. So it is from a baking and pastry standpoint, it is an entirely different batter. But of course, what we've seen with like how readily available recipes are online and cookbooks, etc., that there's like some confusion and some people are adapting like quick breads to be more cupcake-like or we're using like a one bowl cupcake recipe, which is more like a quick bread or a muffin to make cupcakes and just putting frosting on them. Leavening is a little bit less of an in, an impact on texture than it is on rise. So sometimes you'll find like a cupcake recipe and a muffin recipe that have the exact same leavening. Like they both have baking powder. And the thing that will make their rise a lot different is that a muffin will be cooked in a hotter oven, like 375 or higher, whereas like a cupcake will be baked at a lower temperature so that you get a really tight, tiny crumb on the cupcake. And on the muffin, you get like maybe a little bit more of like a muffin top and that big domed rise. And also you get a more dense crumb, which, you know, it's like those big pieces break off of the the muffin when you break it open. And there's some air pockets in there. And you're going to have to like chew a little bit more on the muffin than you would on the cupcake. So it's not as much about the leavening as it is about the technique with which the batter is mixed up and then how the the baked good is baked. Okay. So now we've talked about mix-ins. What about toppings? Is that different? Because you're talking about like, what if I put frosting on it? Is it a cupcake? But what I love about muffins versus a cupcake is on a cupcake, you expect there to be frosting or icing or ganache or something. But on a muffin, you either just have that beautiful domed muffin top or you have something like crumbly delicious that's kind of like baked in and is craggly and mm. AKA streusel? Streusel or even just like sanding sugar that makes like a nice little crusty sugary like topping in its own way. I love if you do like a combination of granulated sugar and demerara sugar on top of the muffins before they bake. And then you get this like super thin, almost brulee-like layer. Yes, exactly. Like you can crack it. cracks. Yes. So good. And then streusel. I think it's really interesting. There's this like whole... SEO thing around bakery style muffins, which yes, as far as I can tell is just a giant? muffin with streusel oh, on top okay. of it. <laughs> I thought I associated it with like giant mu- muffins. Yeah, I, I'm sure that, that there's that a little bit too, right? But I think there's something like funny about that we associate streusel with like only bakery muffins because streusel is actually really easy to make. It's essentially just like cold butter, sugar, and a little bit of flour worked together. You refrigerate it for a few minutes before you put it on top of the muffin and then it it bakes and becomes like crunchy, crispy, delicious. I love streusel on everything. I love streusel streusel. on cakes. I like it. Coffee cake is one of my favorite cakes. 
I love it on quick breads. Yeah, I love coffee cake. But also you could add things like oats to streusel, which is really good, or nuts. You can flavor streusel. So you could get like really geeky and do like some espresso powder in your coffee cake muffin streusel and put that on top. You can add warm spices like cinnamon and cardamom. It's sort of a shame that there's not more like savory streusel. Cocoa powder. You can add to streusel. It's really yummy. That's a good one. Like a chocolatey crumble. You don't have to just use streusel for topping muffins, right? Like you can do things like cheese. Obviously, I'm going to say you can put sprinkles on top. You can put more chocolate chips on top. Chopped nuts. All of those things can go on before baking. And even though we kind of like categorically say, well, if it's got frosting on it, it should be more like a cupcake, you can do a glaze on your finished baked muffins, like whether it's just a super simple powdered sugar and milk or powdered sugar and a little bit of lemon juice drizzled on top. One of my favorite muffins is called like a donut muffin, which is a very like heavily spiced, usually with nutmeg, very basic muffin. And then after it's baked, while it's still hot, you want to do this with gloves on. In my opinion, that's how most bakeries do it. You dunk it in a vat of butter and then roll it in a vat of either cinnamon sugar or powdered sugar. So it's got the like coating, this aka donut coating on all sides, like even underneath, all around. It's got like cinnamon sugar or powdered sugar. It's very decadent and very delicious. I just made the donut cake from snacking cakes this very week. It's the same idea. It totally could have been made in muffin tins. Yeah, absolutely delicious. And I think before we jump into like what else you can do in muffin tins, I think we should talk about the fact that like a lot of quick breads or cakes can actually be baked in muffin tins. Yes. So like if you have a favorite snacking cake, try it in a muffin tin instead of in a loaf pan. I also, when you were talking about dunking in butter, I've never done that, but I brush, I'll brush the top of a muffin with butter or quick bread too. We can also do that with, I know, I know, not the <laughs> whole thing. It, Phyllis. No, Dunk. I'm just joking. <laughs> you can also brush the top with like tomato sauce, like if you make a pizza muffin, you know, and then like put it in for two more minutes and let it kind of like bake in and get craggly and make a nice little topping as well and give a little like extra burst of flavor. Yeah. And you could do that also with like flavored butter if you have yeah. like an herb butter or like you were talking about your olive oil lemon cakes, like doing a little bit of olive oil and a little bit more sugar would make that muffin so delicious. So good. Okay. Do you feel like we've talked about, like, technical muffins enough? Can we move on to all the crazy things you can do in a muffin tin? Are they crazy? I think baking things, like, other things, baking, roasting, making other things in muffin pans is smart. Talk to us about it. Sometimes I think it is smart. Sometimes it's a little gimmicky. I cannot lie. Can that it be might both? be the internet's. That might be the internet's fault. <laughs> can it be both? Can sure, we accept that it's a dichotomy? It's It is both crazy and smart. Things I love in a muffin pan. Mini meatloafs because they bake a lot faster if you're trying to do it on a weeknight. And I like the like crunchy texture that you get on the outside. Egg bites are like such a reliable thing and they're so easy to do in a muffin pan. And essentially you could take like any quiche recipe you love. 
even without a crust and bake it in muffin pans and it'll bake much faster and be easier to portion. And FYI, there's the good use for your silicone muffin tin. Yes. That, yes. it works there. Yes. <laughs> and eggs are so sticky. So like butter that up. This one, I'm like, I think we should talk about pasta because on kitchen, I have a recipe where you like make little mini pasta cups, which I love because it's like a no boil thing. And a lot of times you see like mac and cheese baked in muffin cups, but sometimes I'm not sure if that's actually better or not. I'm not into it. Say why. <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, that to me feels gimmicky. It's very cute. Like, I, it's something I would have done for like a sleepover for my kids. It feels like more work. And I don't know, like the portion doesn't feel right. I have bigger people. It feels, I don't know. It just feels like meatloaf makes sense to me because you actually get the benefit of the crust, which I know you can with baked pasta too, but the amount of soft pasta you have in the middle to the amount of crust, the way that pasta can dry out if you're not careful, can actually tip into a bad place. Whereas with meatloaf, you can get a nice, beautiful crust. And also you can just use a muffin scoop and like quickly dole it out and it bakes quicker. You know, for me, like having a big pan of lasagna or mac and cheese is so much more appealing and so much easier. You just dump it in and then bake it and it comes out delicious. I feel the same way about pizza rolls. Like everyone wants to bake pizza rolls in muffin pans because it looks so cute. I think, but I'm like, why not just put it on a sheet pan? That's funny because I like pizza rolls in a muffin tin. Because you like the crispy, crunchy outside? Yes, totally. So, you know, I guess it just probably depends on what, like, the benefits are. But I do like the crispy, crunchy outside. I do like that it makes pizza really easy to serve for, like, school lunch or to, like, pop in the freezer. You know what I mean? Are slices hard? No, absolutely not. But when I was packing pizza for lunch, it, like, I could put them all in the muffin tin. Here's two for a snack. Here's some that are going to go in the freezer. And then these two fit in your lunchbox really easily. I don't cut anything up. So I tend to like that. But I 100% hear what you're saying. Is there anything that we haven't thought, like, what else do hash you bake? In, ooh, hash browns in a muffin Hash can. browns. That's about the crisp factor. Delish. Okay. I'm here for that. I mean, I, you know, I do a lot of egg bites, so that makes sense in a muffin tin. I've also done, which is a little bit more for presentation and more work than I would do every day, but for a while I did it more regularly taking kale leaves and not even blanching them first, which is something you could do if you don't like the texture. But my kids love kale chips, literally just washing kale, putting it on a sheet pan and putting it in the oven until it's crisp. So lining the muffin tin well with kale and then cracking an egg in there and then baking mm. it. You see that sometimes with ham or I was going to say bacon. Yeah. I've done too which is really nice. Little breakfast cups where it's not just homogenous egg. Yum. Oatmeal, any kind of like baked oatmeal recipe you can adapt to put into the muffin tin. I love that. Ah, Yeah, actually my baked oatmeal recipe is just in a muffin tin. Yeah. It's like little oatmeal cups. So good. Filo dough or puff pastry is fun in a muffin tin. In catering a lot, I used to see, like, people would take tortillas, either corn or flour tortillas, and brush them with oil and bake them in, like, a cup shape and then fill them up either with, like, salsa or refried beans. Um, Spanakopita cups happen a lot like that. So I'm glad you mentioned those, which is, like, 
again, we, we're talking about muffins for like feeding our families, but also muffin pans are a great tool for when we can all host again and you like have people over and you want to make snacky things that are individual portions. Yes. And I think that's what it's great for. And I think especially now the way that we're going to entertain post COVID, the idea of like, let's, (laughs) there's some things I'm going to want to keep. Like, let's not put a big bowl of dip that we all dip into. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's use the muffin tin to make little individual portions. Grab yours and eat it. Thanks. You don't need to touch them all. Okay. Um, What's (laughs) what's really funny about you saying that is like I wanted to make sure to not leave this episode without talking about the like – you can use your muffin pan to make like a Sunday bar, like fill it up with sprinkles <laughs> and cherries and stuff. But now I'm like regretting that thought because <laughs> do you want a hundred little hands in <laughs> your muffin tin <laughs> <of> ice cream <laughs> toppings? <laughs> I never did, but like that has reached a whole new level now. <laughs> yeah, right. That's canceled. That I guess. might be. That might be canceled. <laughs> Unless you get a whole bunch of little mini muffin tins. I used to have those too. And then everybody gets their own little mini muffin tin. But that seems like a lot. It does. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yogurt, freezing yogurt. I know we're moving away from baking, but like putting like yogurt and like fruit and chopped nuts or whatever, kind of like yogurt bark, and then putting it in the freezer in your muffin tin is fun too for a little snack. Yeah, that's actually a really great way to portion a lot of things. Like yeah. if you want to make a bunch of rice for future use and you want to be able to have like a single serving to take out for your lunch or f- to pack in a lunchbox, that's a really great way to do it is in the muffin pan. Mini muffin pans are great for like if you have tomato paste or you want to make little cubes of like herbs and oil yes. when you're trying to use up herbs. Use them, use them. So grab. So many great ideas. So many great ideas. Be sure to grab a muffin tin and get creative. I feel like I only had one muffin tin for a while and it was really, really painful. I think everyone needs two because even though most muffin recipes only make a dozen, it's great to be able to like have your muffin pan in the freezer with stuff and then still have it available or like If you need to make two dozen muffins for like a class event or you want to make some for freezing for the future, I think two is the perfect amount. And I don't know why they don't sell them in a set like that. Get it together, product manufacturers. You, I feel like we have a whole – we should put together a blooper reel of your like product manufacturer complaints. So far it's muffin tins and it's also hot dog buns. Yes. Why are you not I will keep track, <laughs> listeners. Dear listeners, it will come to you one day. Yes. <laughs> In the meantime, <laughs> you can hear more of Megan's rants <laughs> and product complaints. Get and, excited. And <laughs> all of her beautiful biscuits and food on her personal Instagram. She is at Megan underscore Splawn. I'm Stacy at Stacy Billis. And of course, you can find us together because we tag team and it really is the two of us behind the scenes at Didn't I Just Feed You on all social media. And of course, while you're there, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter to get an exclusive recipe plus our pick of the week every single week. You can 
subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio. And of course, don't forget to subscribe right now, right where you're listening, so that you don't miss more of my product complaints. <laughs> and so much more. And so, and much, so more. much more. Yes. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A humongous thank you, as always, to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. We love you, Sam. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review 